How you doing, Queen? Let us come in this, man. We gotta, we gotta get in there with you. How you doing, family? What's going on? How are you? We are excited. I've been excited all day. I, I called off work. <laughs> I said I gotta make sure all this is going right for her, man, because I'm excited to celebrate. Um, I have a lot. Well, not a lot, but it's going to be just really basic because I've been following you. And so a lot of the things I know from credit flipping, from rapping, like from all of those things that those hats that you hold. Yeah. Like you say Jack of all trade. I don't want to say Jane of all trade, but you're like Aisha of all trades. Like I don't even understand what goes on in your brain, man. Like went from here to gold. I'm like, lady, do you look, stay up and watch this episode because yeah. she's not really big on all of this and she <laughs> saw yours and she was like telling all the babies all her daughters like yo yeah, you, you gotta, gotta watch you it you gotta watch it you gotta watch it your story is wow, so is... amazing so how you been hanging out holding out since this pandemic i've been good you know it's kind of been a, an excuse for me to be creative you know uh i recorded a lot of music you know during the lockdown and um you know, I've, I've just been using my creative juices, you know what I mean? So I'm always moving. So, you know, it sounds crazy, but I was my most creative self in prison. And the lockdown has been the closest thing to that. So it was able to, you know, that's, that's where I find, you know, my best self, my best work when it's just kind of still, because all the distractions, I didn't have those. I didn't have a cell phone in there. I didn't have, you know, all the texts and emails and people just, you know, pulling me every direction. So that was my moment to really, you know, get some stuff done. Wow. That's crazy. Prison cell. Reading your bio and all of those things you have done in the prison cell was amazing. Speaking of music, right? Now, again, this is a question for, from one of our followers, our friends, our listeners, right? And they wanted to ask this. Now, I told them to go watch the, to watch the movie, like documentary, and they'll find out. Where did all this passion from music come from? By the way, let's tell the people where you're from. First of all, tap on there, where you from, um, so we can get that out of the way. But then follow question is, where did all this passion, love for music come from? Yeah, so I'm from, I'm from Roosevelt, you know, Long Island. And um, the passion definitely came from, you know, being around my dad. You know, my father was um, very, very, very much into music. He was a reggae artist. He was a rapper. He used to run around with Public Enemy a lot, recorded a lot of music with Terminator X, Chuck D. So I was always with my father. So, you know, I saw my father perform. So he would bring me on stage sometimes. I was sometimes six or seven years old. You know, I would see my father always, you know, making money. So my father was like a very heavy influence on me, you know, overall, especially with music. So, yeah. Wow. So that goes, that's, that's going to segue, that's going to push me into this question, because this is my question. Coming from the Jamaican background, because a lot of people don't realize, like, Biggie was Jamaican. Like, Jamaica is where the foundation of hip-hop came from, her, and being a Jamaican, being back in, back, in the yard is like the DJs was more the MCs. What made you flip to hip hop more so than reggae? Or is it a combination of both in your music? It's, it's a combination. You know, the, the reggae part of me 
lets me ride a beat a little bit different. You know what I mean? I can play with the cadences, kind of like how you vibe to a reggae joint. So the, the reggae influence, even when I'm just spitting, is always there, you know? But I wanted to, um, yeah. you know, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I just fell in love with, I was, I, I was obsessed with Wu-Tang. I was obsessed with, you know, um, just hip hop. But I also was exposed to reggae the most. So it was only right to like kind of combine the two sometimes. Wow. There's a certain song of yours, Aisha. Right? <laughs> Cause you've been, you went through the real deal. You went through the real experience in the feds, fed joint and everything, but there's a certain song. Now I'm going to come up with no names. Let's going to keep the names out, but I don't know if you're taking shots, right? But you're talking about people coming home and they stand and, and all of those things. But how do you feel about some rappers, rappers that comes, they put all of this nonsense on wax and they didn't live the real deal. Like how do that actually make you feel? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, as far I mean, as... uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, because I, I, I knew who you were talking about on one of the songs, and I believe my. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to hold nothing in. You can go all out, man. I know you were talking about a certain rapper in one of those songs. I, I'm not gonna name the song. They gotta go follow you. But um, how do you feel about that, man? Rappers, rappers come home. They on Instagram and all this, and they snitched, man. Like. What's the deal with that? Man? Oh yeah, you know me. I speak out about it every every chance that I get. You know because it's bigger than just snitching. If you've been yeah. to prison, you understand like what you're doing is you're playing a part in the new slavery. You know it's like right. you, you don't see it. You know you're turning in um, people into a system that wishes them no good, doesn't want to reform them, doesn't want to help, doesn't want to assist in growth. It's just human warehousing. So when you, you know do something wrong in this country, if you're not willing to do the time for it, then don't do it. You know, don't throw other people under under the bus to avoid your own punishment. You know what I'm saying? Or don't, or don't do it, especially when you do stuff that um, harms other people, puts other people's lives in danger. You know, if you're so gangster to do that, then be gangster enough to deal with the consequences without taking the next person down. There's no group that accepts that. The Italians don't accept it. Shoot, even wow. the priests don't accept it. The cops don't accept it. Nobody accepts it, so why should we accept it and make exceptions for it? You know, so. Wow. Well, I think Lady D was just talking about that the other day about she watched Cops in uh, 24 Hours. She's a big fan of that stuff, right? And she was like seeing the dudes that were so tough bust off and took someone's life and they in, yeah. the, in the interrogation room crying. Like, yo, bro, like, this is the life you signed up for. You know what I'm saying? Suck it up and do it, man. That's why I really salute you, Queen. And, you know, it was it was hard. I saw you lose, you know, your prop, you know, doing while you were in there, man. And, like, and you still end up breaking down those walls in and the spirit. My, like, father, it, my brother. My brother was killed well, by your brother, that's right. My father and my brother I lost while I was away. You know, both were wow. killed. So, you wow, know. Wow, man. So... Those storms you were facing, and you still wrote books. Yeah, yeah. So and you still overcame. Right. So there, there's really no, no excuse why people can't get things done because she went in there and did ten years and came out, and when she came out, people already knew who she was. So 
Yo, it, it's just amazing. Your story is just so amazing to me because it gives it gives hope. You know, yeah. it gives hope to those who are so hopeless. They, you know, they think they can't because they're confined to a spot. But you, with your story, looking at your story, that, you know, God has purpose and a plan for everybody. And you got to the place where sure. your purpose just came right on out. And I'm like, yo, I'm just, I'm amazed at the things that, you know, we can do. So there's no, there's no excuses. No excuses. None. All right, lady, before you get into your little finance stuff, because okay. this is your area of expertise, <laughs> this is your stuff, right? Uh-huh. You know, um, I got to just let this out because there's rappers, there's female rappers, and you guys have to do a lot of other things to really break down that hip hop wall that, this is supposed to be a man's sport, but I've found that there's some dope sisters that and she is one of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask this question, right? And, and you know, you can, I, I don't even see you sugarcoating, but you got the looks. Number one, you got the looks, your vibe is right. And you got fire. You spit real bars, real facts, real stuff. That's a fact looks and you can spit. But can you say that for all the other female TikTok, they TikTok fanatics. They got all the other little accolades. They doing all of this other stuff. But I know you haven't ran across them. I really want to put y'all in a ring and go one. I put put them in a ring with you and pound for pound to me because your story's real and you're a true artist. Like it's different from being a rapper. To me, I think you're an artist because the world is your canvas. No telling what in the world you're going to come out of your mouth with your experience. But do you see that with all the other females? Now, we, we this is uplift the women thing, so we ain't not to bashing nobody. But do you see that a lot in the, with with your other counterparts? No, and uh, you know, I did this freestyle one time, and one of the bars in there was "Y'all chicks don't rap, you selling cat." That was the that was the bar. You know what I mean? And that's really what's going on. I think it's because they think some for some reason. That, that will skip some of the work you know what i mean and they'll come out and you have a few that that make it but you're not gonna last because every every girl is doing the same thing you're doing you got to separate yourself and do something different you know if, if you look at my videos if you look at i think i did one video you know i was a little a little sexy but i was with my man you know i wasn't like just half naked you know feeling like, okay, I can hide my lack of talent behind being naked, you know? And a lot of people are, I can't really, I don't judge though, because see, I, I made my money in business. So I do the music because right. I, I, that's not where I make my money. I make my money in my business. A lot of these females don't make any money other than they were stripping or they doing music to try to get to the bag. So they'll do whatever. So I don't have the same um, needs. I don't have the same desires. I really do it because I love hip hop. I'm trying to really carry some levels of hip hop on my back. Like, hello, you know, there's still women out there that do really rap. That's not out here just clapping and doing all this other stuff. And I'm not knocking their hustle, but what it's done is right. it's messed up the game for us because we come in and then we're expected to all do the same stuff and I'm not doing it. So it's made it definitely right. harder, you know, um, because these, a lot of these chicks, they, they just because you put a couple of words together that actually rhyme doesn't make you a rapper. And I think right. that um, it, it's just watering down hip hop, you know? So to answer your question, 
No, there aren't a lot of chicks doing like, you know, what I'm doing or really rapping or really have the skill set. They're not, and they're not writing their own stuff on top of that. So, you know, I write all my own lyrics. You know, I write for other people. Um, I do it all myself. And I think that that's important for people to know because that's, that sells you as the whole package. You know what I mean? Like, so I I don't know. They they got this crazy. When I came home and I saw what was going on, I was like, (laughs) Kind of Twilight Zone right here right now. <laughs> I love the black. I love the black love thing with you and your your fiance, your husband, your king, man. I love that. I watch you. I follow you on, on IG, and and you present that, man. And I think that is amazing. amazing. How he admire you. How you do it. Like I love that. I'm like, yo, she's incredible, and her man, like, that's good stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. You understand? You showing that real black love, and you're skillful. Trust me, mm-hmm. pound for pound, they don't want it with you, sis. And I'm being honest, <laughs> being straightforward, man. Like, I love hip-hop. Hip-hop is in my blood. And I know real when I see it. And you are just that. We no, normally go into bad. commercial breaks right here. But I got a surprise for you. Right? I want to back you out. And I want okay. you to check this out. This okay. is my family members. But you're gonna, it's going to blow you away. Check it out. Hi, Aisha. This is Charmaine. Oh, I am so proud of you. First of all, I want to thank you for all your inspiration. Your inspiration to all the women at all this. You creating entertainment for us, especially on days when we didn't have visits. You gave us inspiration and hope to look forward to better days and kept us positive in our darkest days. And I want to thank you for letting me use my talent. And I want to thank you. I'm so proud of you. And God bless. Aisha, you know who this is. Hey, listen, I want to just bring to notice, you know, being incarcerated at the time with you there, you made a lot of women in there feel really at ease. You brought a lot of stuff to entertain us where it made us feel like we wasn't incarcerated at that time. You brought a lot of people that had talent, brought it out of them. You you made them feel comfortable. You know, and, and, and you know, it was a joy for me to just meet you in here. You know, I know that we had a short period of time, but just the time that you was in there and the words that you spoke when it was time for me to do something and I had a little bit of fear in my heart and you was like, come on. I need you to do it because I like the way you speak. And I like that because you gave me a lot of inspiration. Not only did you give it to me, there was a lot of other women that still talk about you to the day I left. And I was like, yeah, she was here. I know her. Yes, she's a very positive female. And trust me, everything that she's saying about her and that people spoke about her, it was the truth. You know, and, 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 and that being said, you know, I want to give you um, – you know, some love to let you know that I'm very proud of you. And, you know, may God bless you and continue blessing you. Because if it wasn't for you, a lot of us black sisters in here, we wouldn't have made it throughout that. You have a blessed night. Aisha, these are my sisters, Charmaine and Karima. Thank you. I mean, tearing up, like, wow. <laughs> Wow, Charmaine's uh, beautiful voice, and oh my gosh, that is crazy! I love those are my sisters. Wow, like your sister sisters, my god sisters, like my man, 
And this is crazy. Like you right? have a, you it's know a them, know them. Like that's family. They're my family. Yeah. Wow. My family. They are beautiful people. That's my family. Yeah. Those are my family. And it's earlier today, um, Charmaine hit me and she said, bruh, you got Aisha Hall on you? I said, yeah, yeah, I have Aisha Hall. And you know, being, being a brick bro, right? Yeah, 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 I got Aisha Hall. She said, well, bro, me and Karima was, and I knew when I saw the thing on BT, so I didn't want to bring it back. Like, I was like, my sister was there. That so, so emotional just now. Oh my God. <laughs> so Charmaine said, bro, can we call in? And she said, no, I don't have an iPhone. And my sister, I wanted her to pop in and do it. And she didn't want to. I'm like, sister, you got to do it. And she said, can we do like a pre-recording? And so they did the pre-recording for you. And um, it made, Lady D was like, oh, wow, it's going to make me cry. And Karima, who really got to twist her arm to do anything like this. like, And for you to tell her to get out there and do it, I said, you know what? If you got Karima to do something, she really looked up. Because Karima bossy. Like she she's been bossy she since we was little. Like she, she's bossy, bossy. She's <laughs> so, the bomb, though. She's she's very intelligent. You know, I, I yeah. just I love them both, and they just reminded me like, um, there's a when I talk about like credit repair, how we got started. My best friend Shawana, who I also met in prison, she used to see me, um, you know, writing uh doing money orders. And I didn't have any money when I came home and I would have like three, $400 and I would be like, okay, I got to send $50 to this person, $30 to this person, $25 to this person. And I would take like almost all of what I had and send it to some of the girls that were still away. And she was like, you know, maybe we could fix their credit so that when they come, so you don't have it to give like that. Like, girl, you, you, I respect what you're doing, but you gotta, you gotta worry about getting stuff together. And I'm like, well, you know what, the credit would help. And that's how we really started doing it. But it just reminded me, like, I did my entire bid. People ask me all the time, like, how did you stay so sane? I did my entire bid helping people the entire time. People who couldn't speak up for themselves, I was right in them God's face, right in the warden's face, right in the captain's face. You know, I was, you know, taking women to medical, writing motions for people, um, putting on plays, entertaining yeah. 1,200 women there, and I'm putting on plays, you know, and everybody's... It's like we were at on Broadway. One play was so crazy, you know, the warden came up to me. He's the first black warden that we uh, had, the, actually the assistant warden, he came up to me. He said, I am not supposed to do this, but I have to give you a hug. I have to. Mm. And you know, I don't rock with no popo. You know, I don't. <laughs> what? In that case, he was like, I'm just so moved by this. He said, this is better than anything that I could have went and saw on Broadway. And he's, you know, if the women weren't in the plays, they were either sewing, you know, taking sheets and making the wardrobe, you know, painting the props or mm. the rehearsal or doing the DJ. Like there was something for everybody. And I would do it during the holidays because it's different for women in prison. You know, men go to prison and a lot of times the woman is at home with children, whatever, but women are leaving like newborns, you know, toddlers. It's different when you're a woman in prison because when you leave your child, that level of depression. I, I, I met one girl, she tried to hang herself in, in the gym. She, she just had a baby. So I did that stuff and I was on them because I didn't want them thinking about home. I wanted them focusing on, you know, just getting through the time. So those types of, you know, um, those types of uh, different events and, you know, different shows kept them, kept them focused on something other than just longing for home, which was really, really important. So when I saw them, you know, talk about that. It just reminded me, like, um, 
when I left, it was at least like 50, 60 women uh, standing at the top of the hill screaming out bye. And that's because that's all they they would allow, you know, but just to know that I was so impactful and that everything I did didn't wasn't in vain, that that really touched me, you know, that they remember, like, wow. And they were both excited, had their brother on the phone for maybe like an hour, 45 minutes, and um, had me, you know, Charmaine was so, she was like, I got to get it right. right. And Kareem was like, you know, big sister, no, let it speak from your heart. <laughs> we had to do the takes. And Kareem was like, no, you get ready. See, Prince, you deleted? Yeah, see, now you messed up because Kareem, that's the way sister's boss like. But I love her and had me in tears because she was just like, she never get into the music stuff. All, everybody else in the family sing. Karima is just a business person. She's sharp. She got something coming out, man. And she's she, oh, I she had Karima do her stuff. I, I made her. She was like, I, yeah. don't want, I made her do it. I'm like, uh-uh, come on. <laughs> and, and I'm going to hold that on her. I'm going to say, look, if you're not doing this, let me call Aisha. Trust me. She, <laughs> I'll get you going. So, Lady D, let's, get, let's go ahead and flip over to you, Queen, because I know you got some stuff for Miss Hall. I do. So, but you know what, first of all, it was, it was so important to show, show you that because I wanted you to understand a lot of times we do things and we really don't understand the power of the impact that it had on our lives. And I wanted you because we're celebrating women, you know, this month, and I wanted to, you know, take the time to celebrate you and let you know that no matter what, you know, what, no matter what you did in the past, you know, God has a purpose and a plan and the plan and the purpose was for you to go there so that you can impact the lives that mm -hmm. you did. And it was so important that you knew that because a lot of times we don't, we don't get to we know what we've done but we don't get to hear what we've done from the people that we've impacted so that was to me i i salute you and i i thank you because you could have it could have went a whole different way mm -hmm. you know you yeah. could have been angry you could have been upset you could have been standoffish but that's not even that's not even you that's not who you are and you open up the doors for people to you know to be themselves and you help them get through while you was going through so thank you thank so, you yeah. thank, thank you, you for acknowledging that that means that means so much like you know it's a lot of fakeness in the world but it is you know I, i'm just a real person real humble you know um you know i i when i hear stuff like that it like goes and absorbs right into my heart you know and just makes me want to go harder and impact more people so thank you so much for that <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, with with that impact there, we talk about the Pink Panther Click. And I want to know, tell us what the Pink Panther Click is and, and how it got started. So, um, my friend Shawana was in uh, Danbury. And she was there with Jamila Davis and also Sunshine Smith-Williams was in Danbury. And Jamila was transferring to Alderson. So Shawana said, you know, my best friend is in Alderson, West Virginia. And uh, you should definitely meet her. You write books, she writes books. You know, you seem pretty, pretty intellectual. That's my sis. You gotta go and connect with her when you get there. So when Jamila got to Alderson, she came up to me and she said, you know, I heard about you from Shawana and I have this idea for this, for this group of women that um, you know, these women are impactful. 
Um, these women are like, you know, boss chicks. And I kind of want to come together with this coalition, but I can't do it by myself. Would you be interested? I was like, hell yeah. Especially I saw the similarities. You know, she had a multi-million dollar case. You know, she had gotten 12 and a half years for something that she should have never gotten really any time for. And I was like, girl, we about to, we about to tear it up, you know? So we found some other women. So the main people in the group was uh, Jamila, myself, um, Sunshine, Sunny, Sunny Money Queens, uh, Juana, Juana got class, and um, Brandy Davis, uh, Free Pretty Girls. She actually just did season two of Trap Queens. Um, shout out to Brandy while she was away, her father passed away, and she's only been home for a little while. Her mom just passed away. So, you know, you miss so much of, of your loved ones and then to come home and deal with that, but still overcome, you know, um, Pink Panther Click was about that. So the pink was for women, the panther was for strength, and the click was for like, you know, us coming together like a family. So Pink Panther Click really, um, you know, we we had we had some some we had some some really, really good opportunities that I don't know if they were ready for us, like you know, lifetime and uh, we and all these networks and things just weren't right. Like either I was in the halfway house or um, somebody else was on a bracelet or, you know, so it was always something, you know, but um, it, it worked out well because all of us are doing our own individual thing. And that platform definitely catapulted us to be able to do what we're doing right now. So shout out to the Pink Panther Clay. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Lady D, you want to join the Pink Panther clip? You, 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 you light skin. <laughs> but you know, um, so when I when I when I looked at it and researched it and, and, and did all that, you know, it just the way that you guys came together and the things that you you do, it just you know it it did something for me because there are you know my heart goes out to you know the women that's incarcerated and you know they they mm -hmm. you know because. You know, I've had friends that are with, that were there and they were lonely. And, you know, I can do but so much. But when you're on the inside and you see the things that are on the inside, you know more, you know, so that you're you're able to offer more. Is the Pink Panther click something that um, is it an organization that people can join or is it specific or is it just you guys? Um. Well, you know, right now it's really um, everybody. The founders who actually what are the glue are so engrossed in what we're doing on our individual platforms that the Pink Panther click just kind of stands as a staple and a representation, but we're not actively doing stuff right now. You know, um, you know, Brandy's working on her show. You know, I, I have a movie situation and a, a major show, you know, with a major network right now that, you know, is going on. I wish I could tell you all the details, but, you know, NDA uh, and all that. <laughs> but it's a very big platform. Um, so I got that going on. You know, um, everybody kind of has their thing. You know, Shawana just shot with uh, VH1 um, and I did that with her. Um, and that's another thing, like VH1 for this particular show did not know about me. But yeah. Shawana, I helped her write her book. Um, she was in a different prison than me. And, you know, I knew her story. She sent me some extra notes. I turned her notes into a full novel. Somebody was reading the novel, heard about it, heard about this show, reached out to her. But when they did the interview, she said, well, do y'all need any more people for the show? And they were like, oh, maybe why? She's like, well, my friend, you know, she's got a dope story. And they reached out to me as well. So that that's the thing about sisterhood. Like, you know, there's an opportunity and you bring the next person, you know, with you. And she, she always joked, she said, 
they didn't they didn't pick me yet for the show. This is preliminary. Once they get yes, Lord, they might not pick me because you know I wasn't getting the, the the big big M's like you. But she said it doesn't matter because if you win, I win. So they did pick her, and they actually I don't think they're gonna do my story on this show because my story they said is just too um, comp- complex for their budget for that particular thing. And mm. it's just crazy though that she was willing to possibly be, you know, X'd out as a participant because I had a bigger story, but it didn't stop her from telling them about me. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't do, don't do that. They're thinking about themselves, right. a lot of their own pockets, their own clout, whatever. So just shout out to my sisters who are really their sister's keeper. You know what I mean? And that's what Pink Panther Click represents. You know what I mean? I love it. So let me let me do this um, for those who are listening and watching because they may not have seen um, Trap Queens and they may not know your story. Um, just quickly, because I don't want to harp on that because that is the past, but it made you who you are. So can you quickly tell us um, what you were in prison for and how long did you stay? Because I don't agree with the sins that they gave you. I totally agree that it was not right. Yeah. But anyway, it was purposeful. So can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, I was sentenced to 126 months in federal prison. Um, the charge, there were several charges, but the the, the ones that, that stuck were uh, witness tampering, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and um, there was another one. Um, I forget. It was something stupid. Basically, they said I tried to destroy evidence, which, which wasn't true. Obstruction of justice, that's what it was. They said I tried to destroy evidence which was a made up story. But anyway, um, I ran a company called Apogee Financial. And in a nutshell, what I would do is people that wanted to trade in these private placement commodity trading platforms, they had to have a certain net worth. And a lot of the uh, requirements were just outrageous, 100 million, 200 million, you know, sometimes a billion. Now to participate in these trades, I always give this scenario, right? So say you're going in a store and you want to buy something that costs $100,000. So you walk in the store with $120,000. You have more than enough to buy what it is you want. But right. they stop you and say, you know, how much money do you have? He's like, I got 120 grand. Now, how much you got in the bank? I got like 200. Well, we only work with people that have 500 million or more. You got to go. So it's like, wow. well, what you're selling only costs 100000 I have it. What's the problem? No, we don't want to work with you. So the next person comes up, they walk in the store with probably 50 grand, maybe less than you. And they let them in because their network is 500 million or whatever it is. So that keeps wealth in a certain bracket. You know, it's keeping other people mm-hmm. out, even if I can match you on a dollar for dollar purchase. But I can't I can't compete with you with assets. Your ancestors didn't go through what my ancestors did. I can't compete. You know what I mean? So y'all got to turn y'all cotton field into a multi-billion dollar business while I was just trying to figure out life, you know, maybe hoping that if I'm reading, I won't go to jail or get hung because I'm reading. You can't compare the two. So what I did was um, some of my clients who didn't qualify, um, they didn't have that. I would connect them with people who really had those assets, hedge fund managers, you know, a large dollar investors, and now they would get added to their accounts. So now I'm on an account that has 500 million in it. So when I go back to that store and they're like, how much you worth? I could say, honestly, 500 million. What's up? 
you gonna let me come here? And they couldn't say anything because they really were worth that amount on paper. When I got in trouble was that process took too long. That process would take like sometimes a week, you know, and some of the clients are like, listen, when I'm buying this oil or this natural gas or whatever it was, the doors are gonna close in the next 24 hours and I'm gonna miss out. And I'm like, I can't get you that paperwork in that short of time. They're like, yeah, you can. He goes, I'm gonna 50 grand. Give me, give me the paperwork. So I'm like, okay, well, shit. Uh, oh, sorry, excuse my language. You're fine. <laughs> Read the swag, but you can say what you want. Okay, okay. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said, well, I'm gonna give you the paperwork, you know, but you ought to use it only to show, you know, at the door, for the, at the trade door. When you get in, you spend your own money. That's just to get you in. It's not for you to act like it's a fake check or act like it's something you can use. It's not a, it doesn't have purchasing power. It's only a, a entry ticket. And, you know, that was working out fine. You know, I started making millions of dollars um, doing some deals like that. And then I had, of course, one person um, take that paperwork to the bank and try to get a loan against it. But it's, it's not authentic. I'm doing that so you can get in the door to do the trading, not to go get a, a loan. Now, now you're trying to use it as a right. as a asset, and that's a problem. So they figured that that wasn't you know, legitimate. And when they didn't put up any type of fight, where'd you get that from? Aisha Hall. <laughs> so wow. you know, they, they locked up my bank account and um, charged me with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. So... You know, I couldn't really throw my clients under the bus like that, you know, because they had them listed as victims. But in reality, they were like co-conspirators. They were paying me for something, you know, but I didn't want to go too crazy into that because I didn't want to get any of them in trouble. You know, I actually, I actually ran into a client, believe this or not. When I was uh, at Alderson, they called me out on a federal writ and I actually was on the a, on a, on a plane, Conair, going to Texas. And when I got on the bus, they did roll call and I and they said a name. And I'm like, that can't be that person. Because I just a couple <laughs> years ago, and the judge is like, you owe this person $4 million. And the judge, um, I said, no, I don't. Bring the person to court. So I said, they're not, I told my lawyer, they're not going to come to court. Because, I mean, he's a crook. He paid for this paperwork knowing it wasn't official. He's not coming. <laughs> the whole idea that I, you know, did something wrong to this person. Well, lo and behold, the court day comes and my lawyer said, he's here. And I'm like, ain't no way. He said, it's not him, it's his lawyer. So his lawyer stands up and tells the judge, my client can't be here today because he's so heartbroken and distraught that Miss Hall, you know, took his money and didn't. And, and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. He paid me for something and I gave him what he asked for, but I'm listening. So it was like, you know, my client can't be here. He paid Miss Hall $4 million and blah, blah, blah. So a couple weeks after that, I got sentenced and the judge took that into consideration. I'm like, y'all didn't, me and this dude, we had an agreement. So fast forward, I'm on this bus and this dude is on the bus, handcuffed and shackled just like me, but he's my victim in my case. So I had to ask him, I turn around and I say, excuse me, you know, are you such and such and such? He said, yeah, are you Aisha Hall? I said, yes, I am. I said, I got to ask you this. How could you have your lawyer come to court and say that I victimized you when you were paying me for a service? He said, wow. to be honest, I was, I was locked up. I didn't know what my lawyer was saying. He was just trying to help me. So what I saw right there was prosecutorial misconduct. 
I know that the prosecutor knew this guy was locked up, but he kept that from the judge and tried to make him look like he was a victim. Imagine them saying he's in prison right now versus saying he's at home and he's distraught. You know, it made me look very bad. And he apologized to me. He said, listen, I got 14 years for a fraud case. And then this case came up. So my lawyer just tried to use it to help me. I said, what? <laughs> so <laughs> that was just mind-boggling. That was just, and, and part of my, and, and that 4.5 million that they said I owed him was part of my restitution, which directly affected my sentence because it's weighted by money. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't have gotten the time that I got if that didn't happen, you know, and it was kind of crazy. But anyway, um, you know, I ended up, you know, going before the judge and uh, getting not only me, but my entire staff, um, you know, getting sentenced. And I got 10 and a half years. First of all, when they read you a sentence in the feds, they don't say the year, they say the months. So I was, I was like having a brain freeze for a minute when he said 126 (laughs) years Wait a minute, hundred. I, I started trying to add it up. Like, wait, is did he just give me ten and a half years? So I just heard my mother like scream out, you know, because um, my brother had just gotten killed, you know, and I, she wasn't healed from that. And now her other child's, you know, ten and a half years feels like a life sentence when you when you hear those numbers. So it was just, it was just, it was just crazy. But you know what? It ended up being my biggest blessing. You know, it gave Absolutely. me my purpose. It gave me, um, you know, a better understanding of who I am. Um, I now know what I can handle. I'm not scared of anything. There's nothing that I'm scared of because after dealing with that, I know I can handle whatever. So it did a lot for me. You know what I mean? And I guess it was it was meant to be. So that's why we're here right now. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and I'm proud of her. Right. It's a it's a hefty, you know, it's a hefty price to pay for for purpose. But you know what? Sometimes, you know, we don't understand the price that we have to pay, but it all works out in the end because now look, you know, look at the fact that you're impacting, you know, lives as you go, you know, as you begin to take all of those experiences and you put them all together. And now you're able to pour out into people, you know, um, and let them know, you know, this is because our people really need financial literacy. We don't, we're, it's not like we're sat and taught about money. You learn about these things as you go along, but we don't learn the right things though. You know, and that that's my passion. I've been through things actually that I thought was going to destroy me. Now here I am able to talk about money and talk about what we need to do because I've been through the experience. Yeah. Of, of losing things and, and knowing right. that so my credit is not just it's not just a number you know so you know with that and bringing you down that that was your past and and that was what you paid to be who you are now you're impacting people find you know and, and, and giving them financial literacy what are what are you doing right now so what what's the financial plan that you're you're telling people about now all right so um right now I'm doing something I'm doing several things. For one, I'm promoting Larry the Lending Lion. I'm working with um, uh, Bishop Lamar Whitehead, who's running for Brooklyn Borough President. Um, he wants to bring like a lot of literacy to Brooklyn, um, and I hope to see him as mayor one day. He's working towards that goal. His father was, you know, um, killed by like 16 police, beat him to death when he was a little kid, and then he spent time in prison. So I feel like, you know, we need somebody like that 
you know, in a leadership position because they're part of the struggle. They understand it. They're not on the outside looking in. They're in it. So yeah. I'm definitely excited about that and working on legislation. Um, I'm also um, doing credit flipping now. I'm one of the few people that are doing it. Might be only one or two other people in the country that are doing it. Um, it's software actually invented by a black man um, that works with um, the credit bureau scoring system, uh, an e-Oscar, mm-hmm. and goes in and uh, can change legally your credit status from negative to positive. So we can take a and make it paid as agreed. It can take a, a, a repo and turn it into paid as agreed. So you're actually putting positive reporting trade lines that belong to the person already back on the credit, which is really dope. Flipping uh, late payments to um, to current. People say, how do you do that? Well, we don't do it. The credit bureaus do it. I don't have the power to change stuff with the credit bureaus. We just <laughs> ask the right questions and they answer us the right way back. You know, so it's, a, it's, it's pretty dope. And last but not least, my biggest project is QuadraScore. Um, that's an app that I'm developing right now. Um, also with a black app developer, um, Richard Thompson, who's also working with um, Tiffany Haddish and um, LeBron's team, um, his uh, business team. And what we're doing um, is, well, what I've done is I've developed an app. I got tired of people you know, I'm seeing their credit and it's terrible, but they've been renting for four or five years and never missed a payment. But there's nowhere where that's documented. There's nowhere where they get credit for paying rent. Now, there are companies that will report to the credit bureau, but that information is still being mixed in with the other information on the credit. So QuadraScore is its own bureau. It's its own bureau. It's a competitor with the credit bureaus um, where our information for rent will be recorded and reported and it can be used as um, uh, an asset. So when you're going to get a new place or whatever, rather than pull, pulling your credit, it's like, no, don't pull my credit. Pull my quadra score. I'm coming here as a resident. So all you need to look at is my history of being a resident. All of my credit card, my, my car, that doesn't matter. How do I pay my rent? And there's never been anything like that. So I'm developing that right now. And, you know, I think um, the valuation is... Uh, Somewhere around 100 million. So I'm excited about that. So as soon as that's launched, the game is going to change. It's like, you know, I always say, you know, they're going to be mad at the next time because there's definitely another zero (laughs) next to that 10. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Listen, listen. listen. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you that you're going to, I'm going to be your student. You're going to be my teacher. I'm going to just go and I'm going to sit, I'm going to sit at your feet and you're going to pour into me so that I can pour into others because this is like, this is like right in my, this is right in my vein. This is, this is what I, you know, I live and I breathe and I want to be able to help others, you know, and, you ex- you have exactly what we need, you know, to be able to to Perfect. pour around and to impact our community so that we can, you know, pour into our children. You know, I, I'm concerned Absolutely. about my children, you know, so I want to make sure that before I leave this earth that I've given them, you know, some tools that they can work with and they can, you know, go forward. So um, I, I'm going to be done with it. This is my my last question for you. With all the hats that you wear, author, 
all of these things that you do, which one, if you could not say, if you could not say a word, <laughs> which one of these exemplifies who uh, you really are? Lady, you can tell us. Uh, 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 <laughs> I ain't gonna say cycle is a bad word. That is probably the hardest question I've ever been asked. I do a lot of interviews, I do a lot of podcasts, a lot of radio stuff, and I've never been asked that question. So, uh, dang. <laughs> you asking, you asking jack of all trades. Which one of those? I know. You should have to pin it down somewhere. You see how I asked her the hip hop question. I, I said, are you combined? And I just, I went right to the answer kind of. She thinking, she thinking. <laughs> Lady. Dang, okay. Stuff, <laughs> of all the stuff I do. Which one defines me the most? I would have to honestly say um, my community work. <sighs> I would have to say the community work because um, when I sit at like crossroads and you know those those um, detention centers and they got our children in there and cages. You know, and I get to go in there and um, talk to them. And one time I went in there and all the girls, I did their hair. You know, I bring some some gel and some ponytails. And I mean, nothing has affected me like that. Nothing, nothing. Not, I love being on stage. I love writing books. I love speaking, you know, but nothing has affected me like doing that kind of work, you know. And I probably would have never been doing that kind of work had I not gone to prison because it's, it's giving me a passion. Of course, I look at stuff and I'm like, oh, that's sad. Oh, you know, that's that's upsetting or, you know, have a conversation about it. But I, I may have not been so active. So that that to me is godly, you know what I mean? Because I'm going in and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm changing lives and affecting people who may have not been affected if it wasn't for me. There's no words for that. So when I put everything up against that, it just it just stands out. That's That's just the honest truth. I see that. Yeah. Oh, then music is okay. I got that. Deep in the magic, I flipped the blue. Aisha Hall, I'm so in love with. You gotta watch the back, my queens to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we just gave the stage to yes. the incredible. Yes. Jane, jack of all trades. I don't care. You know, you can call her whatever name you want. Her name is Victory. Yes, this sister yes. is powerful. Oh, Aisha, the stage is yours. Tell people how they can follow you. And we're going to get your math. We're going to talk to your uh, manager, your publicist. We definitely got to stay connected because right now, you family, the stage is yours. Tell people how they can follow you, what to expect. Okay, so y'all can definitely follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm like the most active at the real Aisha Hall. Um, that's you know floating across the screen here. Um, you can Google me, follow me on YouTube, um, look out for my app, Quadrascore, um, listen for my new music. I have a, a new album coming out. It's entitled yet, but you'll probably see it on the show that's um, coming out soon. Um, and just, just, you know, Aisha Hall everywhere. I'm here, I'm out here. And to you guys, Prince C, Prince Cree and Lady D, I love y'all. It's genuine. Aww. 
and I'm grateful for you know, y'all allowing me to come on here and tell my story, hopefully impact some more people. And I'm looking forward to, you know, more events like this with y'all, more sit downs, you know, just really living up to that name that we family. So I'm with it. Yeah, we family. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful, the queen, Aisha. Oh, we love you to life. There's nothing you can do about it, but love's back. Yes. And in the process of love's back, knowing that you can always call on us, that's right. we'll be there for you to support you. And that's Thank the you honest so much. truth. Thank you. Thank We're you. Celebrating the life right now. This queen, her botanical garden yes. while she's on earth. Beautiful. The amazing Aisha Hall. Aisha Hall, yes. Lady, she is the bomb, man. Like, yes. are you serious? Yeah. You ask her that question, like she's psycho when it comes to business ideas.